The following program is an original WWE podcast. It's a new day. Yes, it is. Welcome back to your favorite and the greatest podcast of all time titled The New Day. Feel the power. Baby. It's 2020. First off, we want to know y'all's New Year's resolution, so make sure you're tweeting them at us using the hashtag New Day Pod. But as far as we go, we missed our New Year's resolution from this past year, which remember I, I had us do the joint resolution of we could do a split. Uh, well, don't don't put it all on all, all of us because I can do a split. That's on the two of y'all. <laughs> no, I, I, I actually never agreed. You, you did. Do, no, I didn't agree. You did. Actually, I don't remember Kofi. No. This is all you, actually. This is all you. Well, that's not how I remember it. But <laughs> yeah, it's a resolution for other people now. That's not how it works. I'm out because I tore my Achilles, so I can't be stretching like that. It's not good for it. So, very convenient. You know, well. <laughs> said, I got to do something. Yeah. I'm, never, I'm not going to make this New Year's resolution. Uh, 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 oh, my Achilles. <laughs> Hostile. Let's go. <laughs> and I'm out. <laughs> um, so, but as far as New Year's resolutions go, have those been a thing for you guys ever? Like, No, never. Not once. Mm. In fact, I pulled up an old tweet that I sent uh, last year, two years ago. I quote, I don't like New Year's resolutions at all. In fact, I vowed to get fatter, more deceitful, spend more frivolously, and enter more toxic relationships. These are my New Year's regressions. Wow. That's how I feel about New Year's. It's silly to wait till January 1st mm. to make some life changes. Make some life changes right now. I agree. So lazy. It. I agree. Yeah, Let's do yeah, it. Question. It's nonsensical. What kind, I, what kind of numbers did that do? It did big numbers. <laughs> <laughs> so much so <laughs> when I pulled it up, I forgot I was actually gonna say something about the numbers it did. But so thank you. <laughs> I googled it, so I don't know if this is up to date. But at the time that this was uh, the story was tweeted by someone or sent out, it had two point five thousand retweets and eight point eight thousand likes. Those are good numbers. <laughs> so but it's probably just, way up higher. Right, it's probably much higher. They now. jump on it early. Uh, should, they right, jump right, on it right, early. Right. You know how important it is for me. <laughs> you know, big numbers on Twitter. Social That's media what I numbers. live for. <laughs> I can tell from the words used that uh, people don't like that. They, yeah. they like your robust vocabulary. Right, it's good. Some mm -hmm. people tell me that they learn words from the tweets that I send. Really? Wow. Right. So you're helping the youth and yeah, the adults. And the older people. Yes, I have a lust for vocabulary. Yeah. It's nice. What about... You, Cove, New Year's resolutions. New Year's resolutions are, I, I, I'm not about them at all. I, the same thing, like, why would you, why would you wait? You don't need to wait to make a New Year's resolution. Make that change now. So y'all make your changes now. Mm -hmm. And also tell us about them using hashtag New Day Pod. And I'm not going to go into my New Year's resolutions because I just injure myself so I don't have to do them. <laughs> Works out well. So <laughs> to get back on track. So when we were wrestling the primetime players, we got beat up a lot. Mm -hmm. feel like uh, almost lost my life a couple of times. Titus can be a very scary man in the ring. Titus is real big. I'm not as big as Titus. Yes. I kind of miss the primetime players. They were fun together. I yeah. feel like they made sense. Yeah. yeah. As a as a yeah, team. Yeah, yeah. They and were then, a good time. And, yeah, and, and people like, you know, do what they're supposed to do. Like they always got people hyped, you know what I'm saying? So it always makes it easier from a, you know, wrestling perspective when you have an opponent that people care about and they definitely cared about them. And I think uh not to toot our own horns, but we got people to care about them even more. So, you know. Can you give me a a live action? audible experience of what it's like when Titus is in there blowing a comeback. 
when Titus is in there blowing a comeback, it is uh, you, you're living life on the edge of your seat. Mm. You don't know whether it's going to end, you know, <laughs> or you're going to survive. And it's thrilling in that sense. You know, there was a time, and this wasn't in the comeback, but I'm in the corner. You know, Titus has these overhand chops. You know what I'm saying? Uh, huge hands. Actually, uh, the farmer's walk, right? He has the record at oh, uh, yeah, Hard Knocks for the farmer's walk. You hold a dumbbell and you walk. Um, how, how much is it weigh? Is it like an 80-pound dumbbell? Pounds. 150 pounds. My God. <laughs> Two 150-pound dumbbells. Two 150-pound dumbbells and you essentially walk for as long as you can. Titus O'Neil's hands are so big that they wrap like twice around the bar and he walked around. He has the record. Anyway, he has these big hands where he hits you with these chops. And uh, at one point, he hit me in the chest with a chop and I start kind of moving down because uh, it hurts and he keeps on chopping. So he proceeds to chop me in the face. That was the best. And my God, just again, like life flashing before your eyes because chops are not meant to go across the face. That's essentially like it's a slap. He's a big, powerful man, and you know that when you're in there with him. <laughs> I was going more for the, what does he say? Oh, is that? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I see you, he's like, if you're going to go into this, that's cool. But <laughs> Get up! Get up! So, and then, so, so from the crowd perspective, if in the event the people are tired or they're not feeling the match, Titus will then intimidate everybody <laughs> into standing up and cheering when he's yelling at the top of his lungs, get up! And if it's quiet, get up! And now he's looking at you, so then you stand up. You just... <laughs> Stand up fear. and start clapping out of, out of fear. fear. You better stand. You know, I love it. That's one of my favorite things. No matter what, and he's throwing get him his going. hands up in the air too, but his elbows don't extend all the way. So he's doing like he's, he's throwing them up, and it's looking kind of funny. I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's, it's scary all around. I love it. And so getting to work with with him and Darren was uh, it was it was fun. It was, it was a good good little run uh, that we had with them, which eventually led to us being the first trio inside of an elimination chamber as part of the very first tag team elimination chamber, which was absurd that they let us all get in there at once. And we got to come out last. And we came out last. <laughs> we did. We, we, we were, initially, though, we were not supposed to come out last. Yeah. And that elimination chamber, I remember because it very easily could have been a train wreck, very easily. And it was actually uh, pretty solid, I thought, for the yeah. most part. That tag team elimination chamber was the first tag team elimination chamber ever, but it also featured on that very same card an elimination chamber for the men that was, dare I say, atrocious. It was, <laughs> Jeez, I was like, is he going to beat around the bush? Not beat around the bush. It was terrible. <laughs> wow. It was trash. Oh, wow. No. It also featured Wade Barrett. This is a checked out Wade Barrett. I love Wade Barrett. Checked out Wade Barrett. I love Stu. But Wade Barrett was checked out at the time. And for some reason, he decided to take someone and rammed them through Mark Henry's pod. And Mark's pod is not supposed to be open for quite some time. So after he does this, it just sets in motion a reaction, the a chain broke. reaction. The glass broke. Oh, right, because the, the pod breaks, and Mark decides to not come out because it's not his time to come out. This is not the time he's supposed to. But there's nothing holding him from coming. <laughs> but he's a massive man. He's just standing there with his pod. Not just like there's a crack in the pod. The pod, the the plexiglass is gone. gone. It's wide open. All he has to do is move his feet forward, and he's in the ring. And he just stood there for minutes, what seemed like an eternity to me, watching it. And this is so awkward to me. But it wasn't his time, so so he didn't know what yeah. to do. And then Mark eventually decides he's had enough he's and he's got to come out. out. Yeah. And then everything that was kind of planned seemingly went awry and they just somehow got to the finish somehow. But I remember some near-death, I think stuff with Dolph, where Dolph oh, almost yeah. like landed on his head a few times. Mm. It was... Yeah. Uh, well, it's right. one of those things, so we weren't even going to talk about this, but it, it's relevant now. So as far as, as as a performer, when you're watching that happen to someone, it feels like forever. But when you're the one it's happening to, that is terrifying because three seconds can feel like 30 minutes. So I can only imagine. And then obviously we know this, like 
coming from tag team wrestling, sometimes it's more difficult to relay a message to multiple people as opposed to if you're having a one-on-one match. It's easy. Right. We can communicate. It's whatever. But an elimination chamber, what, there's six people in there? Some are in pods. Impossible. Some aren't. So there's, there's no way to tell the ref, to tell this person, to tell that person, to get back on the same wavelength. So just... I can't imagine what it felt like. Yeah, to and, I, and, I, and in their defense, I don't know what I would have done either. Right. Exactly. If that happened, it just like once that pod went, it's you're kind of just fighting to try to get this yeah. thing back on track. Yes. I, I think oftentimes though too, when things do go um, like offline like that, like that's when it gets fun for us. You know what I'm saying? Because you get to, you know what I'm saying, kind of freestyle and do whatever you think is appropriate in that time frame. But for it to happen in that situation, like you said, to have, what was it, six people in the ring at the same time trying to get everybody on the same page. I think Dolph was in there just quarterbacking, you know. Um, but, yeah, man, that's uh, better better them than us. <laughs> better them than us. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So, so, yeah, like you said, that night they had their elimination chamber as well. So we had ours. Uh, and the next thing, the next big thing that occurred uh, with New Day is winning back our tag team championships in a four-way match at SummerSlam 2015. Mm. Yeah, that was probably when when people asked me for the biggest moment of our career. I always, I don't know if that's always one because we've done some cool things, but that feels to me like the, I always hate the we made it, but that feels like, if there is a we made it moment, that feels like the we made it moment mm. because I remember the love that we got from that crowd in Brooklyn was was wild to me. Yeah, there's a there's a big difference in people cheering for you or people booing you and then people being emotionally invested and giving you that investment back. That's a, that's a different feeling and that's definitely uh, to, to, to what you said. We definitely felt that energy and that love and that kind of respect. It's a new day. Yes, it is. So the next night in uh, Brooklyn. Yeah. So that's when we introduced Francesca. Mm -hmm. Because I remember we had the match. We were feeling good. They said, oh, maybe, you know, tomorrow night on Raw, you guys do something with the song New York, New York. And this is when we were starting to get like, okay, they're kind of trusting us to do whatever we're asking for stuff. And they're kind of just like letting it slide. Like, let's see how far we can go at this. At this point in our career, we're trying to see if we can get into trouble. And so uh, I remember we texted back. I was like, oh, instead of like singing it, can you get me a trombone? Because I can play it just by ear. He's like, yeah, sure. Well, I'll ask. And we're kind of like joking about it, like in the in the hotel or wherever we were. And then a few minutes later, I remember it gets a text back. Yeah, yeah, we can get a trombone. And all three of us were like, oh, what is happening? What? Yeah. So we're like, how do we use this trombone in this? And so I learned how to play. <laughs> what a day. We did our whole stick, and I was supposed to hand it off to our props guy, Nick, at the bottom of the ramp. And I saw him, and I was like, in my brain, I was like, I don't know if I'm ever going to get a trombone on live TV again. So I'm going to keep it for the match. And then during the match, I just randomly play it. And then uh, during the commercial, Stu, cameraman came up, he said, he who shall not be named is laughing his ass off. Keep playing that trombone. Kept playing it, and then we got in the back. I just remember he was like cackling, and he's like, yeah. "Always, yeah. always, you guys always have this trombone now." She's part of the group, and that's when she got the name, yeah. and it became a thing. And now we created inanimate object psychology. My favorite trombone moment, I think, will always be you playing taps. taps. As <laughs> we had no idea, but Kofi and I are loading up for the double team finish. We hit the double team finish, but as we're loading it up, you hit taps. <laughs> And I had to 
do my best to not just double over laughing my God. as we're about to pin whoever we're in the ring with. Legit. And then it was like kind of like rushed too because you know we're, we're, we didn't have any idea to like wait for you to play the song. Yeah. So you just start playing it like all family. Is he playing taps like in the middle of the air? It was incredible. <laughs> it was incredible. That was so cool. But, but that's again more of the idea of we're just kind of doing things and trying stuff on TV. A lot of times throughout wrestling, people will try stuff on, on live events, on house shows, you yep. know, see if it works. And we were just trying stuff on television. Right. Like the most ridiculous things we could think of. So the fact that we had a trombone, uh, eventually what? Was it when I was out with my, uh, I was out with something and we brought the unicorn stuff in? So you were out, I think, at the time. The ankle? I think it was around the time, maybe it was the ankle, but I think it was around the time you were getting married. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. Because we did it initially yes. uh, near Halloween. So I remember it was just Kofi and I were there and then Hickey, I think, from Merch came up to us. No, we did. So, no, we, we, did so we, we had commentary that day, and I think uh, we had um, actually. It was, I think it was Win who made the. Uh, you, you wouldn't know. Yes, I'm looking right. at Woods like he was there, but he wasn't there. That it wasn't day. there. It was Win uh, made props. us these. Uh, yeah, from props. Yes, because he, he sent me a picture of it. Unicorn yes. horn. So we literally just had like a strap of cloth, and they worked their magic and had these like crystal unicorn horns that they made. And I remember like putting them on, and like they weren't made to be unicorn horns on a human head. So it was like it hurt. To actually like have them on, they were like heavy and everything. Um, but then as soon as we walked through the curtain, then um, the people at Merch came to us and said, "I think we can make uh, some unicorn horns for you guys. We can make them light up." And we're like, uh, "Yeah, sure, go ahead." And then it was like a week or two later, they actually had actual light up unicorn horns for sale. Yes, and I can't believe we we're selling these things because they're very phallic. Yeah. Extremely, <laughs> maybe it's because it's me and my mind is always in the gutter. But this is very phallic. Well, that's the it thing. Was. So that's kind of what we always do. You know, there's the double entendre for everything. And the reason that we started doing the unicorn stuff. So, so for me specifically, I, throughout my teenage years, I got introduced to the movie, the last unicorn. Mm. And the whole plot of that movie is the fact that magic is gone because unicorns are now gone. Unicorns are the ones that bring magic to the world. And so we were saying that we are bringing magic back to wrestling which makes us the unicorns of WWE, and then it just kind of took on a life of its own. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to always have a say in what it is that we produce merch-wise, what our logo looked like. We wanted control over everything as much as we could get. And so when we're talking about shirts, we wanted to make something that was more than a wrestling shirt and essentially having three dudes on a unicorn on like a rainbow road, like that's not a wrestling shirt. A wrestling shirt is a black shirt with... You know, regular like, what is it? Uh, uh, Arabic font. Arabic three hundred and sixty. There's that's a, that's a font. That's like the first one, that, right? In Microsoft Word. I mean, check it. Maybe whichever. I don't. Know. Whatever. Okay. Generic generic font. Generic catchphrase. Black shirt. White writing. It's like okay, this this right. is what I know to be as the kind of wrestling shirts that I normally right. see, or random random photo on it. Arabic font. That's is, yeah. is Arabic. The Arabic like Arabic. Is, is Arabic. I'll, I'll, I don't know what you're talking I'll about. I'll look it up. I'll look it up for this. You mean like Times New Roman or something? Sure. What, whatever. You know, it's a font. It's you know, a font. I'm a font snob. This is, this is irrelevant to the point the that font. I made, Let's but thank you right. for derailing the train. You're the one who started it. Arabic I did. I did. But anyway, we wanted to wanted to go off the 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 beaten path and make our own path. And so we made up this this type of image and the artist kind of did their thing on it. And when we saw it, it was like... Yes, mm-hmm. this is it. Well, I remember you saying, because I, I don't buy clothes or anything, but I remember you saying what was, I think a shirt that was really hot was like a cat shooting lasers out of its eyes Using with a pizza, a pizza, pizza, pizza. Yep. in yep. space. Yep. That was the inspiration. And I was like, this sounds absurd, <laughs> but it sounds cool to me, so let's try it. 
and that, that was our that was our first shirt, right? Well, first, no, like, it was first, first real shirt, first shirt that we had input on. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Because so, the first shirt was yeah. the crest, the New Day crest on like a gray yeah. Yeah. dark shirt. It was like a phoenix. So it, it, nobody knew what the story was behind it. It was supposed to be the New Day with the rebirth, all of us in our careers, this phoenix rising out of the ashes, and you know, just a, a really terrible shirt. But yeah. so to actually have this, I consider this to be like our first shirt because we did have the input. Yeah. Yes. And anytime we see someone with that shirt, we say respect because yeah. you, you, the fact that you were with us during that era. Yeah. Boy, that's loyalty. Yeah. Also, that shirt reminds me of a little story involving merch mm. where we try to get, at the time, we only yeah. had our shirts available online. You couldn't buy a New Day shirt in the arena, anywhere, anywhere mm -hmm. where we perform. So we go to, should we say his name? Nah, let's leave his name out. We go to merch, a man in merch, and we say, man in merch, when do you think we might be able to get one of our shirts in the venue so that people at live events, you know, during intermission, they can go out with their kids and, and buy a shirt. And I don't mean to cut you off here, but you got to understand like where we were in our career was we were actually getting over. We were. And there were reactions right. to where people before the shows were talking about New Day sucks or New Day rocks, you know, and we were at a stage where we needed to get people some merchandise to be able to support us. So we went to uh, the merch team and asked them. We asked, yeah, when can we get a shirt in a venue, just any venue? This man looked at us, the three of us, we were working very hard. We were actually getting reactions now and things were picking up some steam. We were, we were on our way. And he looked at us and he said, never. Ha, 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 ha. He said never and he laughed at us. Mm -hmm. He said that we would never be able to have a New Day shirt in a venue for purchase. Mm -hmm. There isn't just, and when you go to one of these venues, I don't know if you, people listening have been to live events or to TVs, but when you go out there, there's probably at least 12 shirts. At least you get a variety of different shirts. You can go out and buy some different shirts. There's, there's mm -hmm. many options. It's not like it's just John Cena. And there's, there's multiple, there's space. For people like us, this space to get one shirt, one measly piece of merchandise for people to purchase to support us. And this man looked at us and said never and had the laugh. gall right. to laugh in our faces. Right. And it wasn't a joke. It's not he, a joke. he meant it. It's he not, meant yeah. that's how he felt. And I, you got to remember, this is a this, point of us. Mm -hmm. This We're hustling. We're struggling to get off the ground. We need every every little Victory means something. Every opportunity to get a piece of merch in a building means something. To get a promo we want means something because we need every little victory just to stay afloat mm -hmm. and to be laughed at by merch. Merch is supposed right. to help us. Right. Merch is supposed to be in our corner to help us get our brand out, for people to support us. That That's a big thing when people can look out into the crowd and see all those people who are rocking with us. But to have a man who is supposed to be in a position to help us, mm -hmm. to help every, that's, that's what his job, to help talent get their brand on shirts that's his job. It's right. not just the top guys, but from people from top to bottom should all be able to get their brand out there. And for him to laugh at us right. really is something that I'll never forget. Yeah. Regardless of how far along we get as a group and how much we've made it and how much success we have, I'll be 60, 70 years old and I'll still remember that. <laughs> You're making it that yeah. far. I was going to say. Yeah, yeah well, <laughs> the running joke is that, yeah, that I won't live that long, but I've been, I've been doing cardio and eating cleaner. So, yeah, yeah um, you know, I might make it. I might make it to 60. <laughs> if, if for nothing else, then to think about this exactly. and be spiteful. Yes. Right. <laughs> as, you, as you've heard, uh, if you've listened to the other podcasts that we've done, the other episodes, which you should, uh, you will understand that New Day... Uh, we are very much driven by spite a That's lot of the you. time. That's mostly you. Well... Kofi's pretty much Kofi's man the without nicest. spite. He's the, he's the kindest person. I don't really have much spite. That was mostly a performance. I don't really. And <laughs> 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 see. He don't take really that don't home. He don't take it home. The spite is like 98% you. However, yes. I'll say that. I am full of it. It's, it. It feels good to use. Um, okay, but getting past merch, 
getting past this win at SummerSlam, uh, the next big thing that occurred, which blew my mind, was getting to work with the Dudleys. Mm-hmm. Absolutely absurd moment in time because Devon is somebody who's very important to me in my entire wrestling career. He's someone that I've called a mentor for years. When I was wrestling over at TNA, <gasps> uh, woo, wrestling companies exist. Um, he was one of the guys who really helped me, looked out for me because I would just sit around and I'd do my homework because I was still in school, you know, and uh, I didn't, I never went out or anything. And so he would come and sit with me and talk with me and try to help me out with what I was doing. Um, when I got released from over there, he called me and we talked for like two hours because I was like, oh, I don't know, maybe I'm not good enough. WWE doesn't want me because they said I was too short and this and that. He goes, look, send them your stuff again. Just like all these words of encouragement to finally get to this point. So to be able to work with him really was something that was it was very important for, for me in my career. Just as a guy who's just loved this since he was a kid, to be able to be there was was incredible in that moment. Go through a table in a 3D. Mm-hmm. Like, but then after like three months of it, I was I was done with it. <laughs> and my, my back. Your back, is well, so your, your back used to be pristine. Not a mark on it. Milk chocolate. Right. And then after you were taking table bumps every single and three, night, three, three four week, tables yeah. a week for like three months. Right. And it it is a face bump. You should be going forward. But I guess it's you kind of inevitable it. that you kind of. Because if I stayed completely forward, my chin would it would poke Bubba in the shoulder. So you got to kind of that sweet spot of like your shoulder to your pec muscle. Yeah. My chin would fit right there and I don't want to like poke it and have something bad. Wow, so I have to turn my head. Sacrifice. But then in turning my head, once he touches you, you turn a little bit. And so there's always like a nail or a piece of wood that scrapes. There was one time when I pulled like that, like two inch piece of wood out of my tricep. Yeah. That was disgusting. It was gross. gross. But for the should've love. Just, you you should have just ruined Bubba's shoulder. <laughs> just it's do just it. Ruined, I mean, no, no, because I'll, cause I'll like pulling all that wood out of my tricep. <laughs> I now have this sweet King Kai tattoo on my bicep. Oh, bam, bam. There it is. You, you love Dragon, Dragon Ball, Ball Z. baby. I mean, Dragon don't Ball Z. you make it sound like I dislike Dragon Ball? Z. No, I didn't. I, I said you love it. Every single time that there's some sort of debate or quarrel that we're not set on, <laughs> E feels the need to go to Kof, Kof, like he's his daddy. Cove, Cove, wow. back me up on this Cove, Cove, Cove. He can't speak his own mind. Speak your oh own mind. Goodness. Make your own decisions. Gracious. If he was my daddy, I wouldn't speak to him. <laughs> it just got real. It just got real. Oh, boy. Doesn't have a good yeah. relationship. Oh, yeah, it's, uh, it's funny to us. It's that real. It's, right, right, right. It's fine. Okay. Um, but no, Kofi is the voice of reason. So God forbid that I go to him to be the voice of reason. Getting the chance to work with it with the Dudleys was obviously awesome for us to be in a sentence where someone is saying the New Day and the Dudley Boys in the same breath because these guys are legends, tag team champions around the world, every place I've ever been. So to be able to have that segment with them uh, about the tables, remember Save the Tables? Save the Tables. Oh, <laughs> I completely forgot about Save the Tables. Ever. I love it. That I was so stupid, but so much so fun. So stupid, but just awesome. Do we come just up, we came up with signs that said Save the yeah. Tables? Yeah, yeah. And we did whole videos. Yeah, like the man. PSA we, had, we had like, oh my God. Yeah, There man. was the one segment where we stole the table from yeah. them so they couldn't yeah, yeah. use it. <laughs> we just ran back up the <laughs> At the top of the ramp, just dancing with the I table. Love, I love yeah. that. I love that. We were supposed to be like bad guys, right? But people were cheering for the entertaining stuff that we did. So I remember Bubba being kind of hot, but we at the same time like had to do us and we couldn't like pull back from being us. Otherwise, like that doesn't benefit anybody. But yeah, man, that, oh, Save the Tables was was some real hypocritical stuff. I love it. Stupid hypocritical stuff. I love that, man. What is that? Oh, do you like your wood? You you don't respect wood? Yeah. Right? Oh, did did we 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 try like a vignette? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yes. Yeah, man. man. No, we'll, we'll put the link to that below. We use copywritten music, so we couldn't put it on my YouTube. Up, up, down, down. Subscribe if you have yet to subscribe already. <laughs> I put it on my personal YouTube, which is, I believe, is Austin Creed. I'll find it and put the link down there so you guys can see all the dumb stuff I've done on my hilarious parody rap from earlier in my life. Anyway, that link is on there. Uh, the Save the Tables, which is, it's so ridiculous. It's so good. What's what's the song? Uh, the I will remember. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's like one of those. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Those, the one. The, what? the sad dog commercial. Sad dog. Yeah. Yeah. McLau- yeah. McLau- Sarah McLaughlin. Sarah McLaughlin. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. So sad. Which, which leads us into the, the fact that our backstages, the stuff that we did on social in order to hype what we were doing on television, just continue to get more and more and more ridiculous. So I, I think at this point is when we really started to kind of lean into that. And like I said earlier, like almost like we were trying to get in trouble. We were trying to see how far we could go. Because wrestling, obviously, it's, it's in its own bubble. Right. And the rules of wrestling apply within that bubble. We were trying to effectively break down all of those rules and rewrite them to our entertaining right. aspect of things that we thought were funny. So, like uh, when we did stuff with Edge and Christian, that was because awesome. you versus Trombo. Baltimore. <laughs> that was in Baltimore. Yeah, yeah. I always remember because that backstage is very. And it was live, right? Memorable, yeah. Right. Yeah. That was awesome to have these iconic tag teams to be involved with. Yeah. I think was Seth also did something early? Like he kind of passed by. Was he involved in that? Or am I, I don't know. That up? Uh, I don't think in that segment. I don't think he was involved in that. That was the one where you had the kazoo. And so we talked about it and then we had to end up going live. We're like, oh, at some point, you know, we'll break the, you'll pop oh, yeah. two on the kazoo and you'll break it. I tried to break it, right. And then, you know, it gets to be live and you try, start to. I was to, trying. So I almost hit my two trying to break that kazoo. <laughs> and then finally you just put it in your mouth and spit it out. And I remember sitting there watching it like, oh, and just like trying so hard not to bust because it was live my god yeah it was and, great and those guys are so they've always been so cool to us and mm. just understand comedy and so laid back and to be able to do a segment with them uh was such an honor and to feel like i don't want to say that we all existed on the same plane but it felt it didn't feel like two really over teams and then a bunch of guys on the roster who were slubs it felt yeah. like we got three important teams here and we're all it felt like we existed kind yeah. of like we're all equals yeah. in that and moment we talk about like SummerSlam when we feel like you know us getting our the titles at that point is like us making it for me because like Dudley boys I have story upon story of of being at a show and then being there like legit so Cobb County Georgia Bubba Devon come out my friend's mom has taken us to the show it's ECW so they're cussing everybody out screaming at them if there's two people in here that think they can fight us, get your asses down here right now. And these college kids, it's a civic center, so everything's real close. These college kids were looking at us and say, oh, these kids want to be wrestlers. And I won't repeat all the words that <laughs> Bubba and Devon screamed at us and our friend's mom, who's a very wow. nice, kind, attractive woman. Right. They were saying the worst things to her. <laughs> if they said in 2019, that would not fly anywhere. But it brought up the whole crowd to the point where we were going to leave because it was it was too violent. <laughs> and then they talked about his mom like that. And so she wanted to stay to see them get beat. Yeah. And so like to go from that to wrestling against them, to be obsessed with Edge and Christian in the five-second pose and just tag team wrestling in general, to then work with them doing the backstage stuff and then working the in-ring segments with them where we're all dancing and stuff together, like, we're getting a rub from these guys and they mm-hmm. they want to do it. That's what really to me made me feel like we we finally got there. Yeah. That was really cool. Special. But we move on to the one year jamboree with the Hucha Dragons and the Usos. So uh, Kofi came out. This was funny to me because uh, <laughs> Kofi just decided to completely break the fourth wall on television, which we're usually not supposed to do. It's funny because so when we like go through um, 
promos and we're walking through them in the back and just kind of saying whatever. Sometimes we'll just say some stuff that we don't intend on saying on television, you know? And uh, I said, country music sucks. This is, this is me speaking, not my character. This is me saying country music sucks. No, I really mean it like it sucks. You know, and so we're like laughing backstage, like, ha, 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 he's not going to say this. And we get out there and I'm just like, because uh, like you were saying, we're just trying to see like how far we can push things. I was like, you know what, let me just go ahead and say it. And then just got out there. And I think, did I have my hair in like a, a reverse um, oh, unicorn? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is what I was concerned about, just trying to make this like actual unicorn horn. Such a, uh, just a ridiculously looking picture but came out and talked about my disdain for country music, which is, it's half true. You know, there's some I can like <laughs> dig, you know what I'm saying? But for the most part, shoo, country music is not for me. That was honestly, because we did that in Nashville, obviously, the, yeah, yeah. You know, the home of country music. But I miss being able to just open the cheeks up oh, on a town. Grab them. And, and get, get the get them. back. Hand in hand. Right. And, they did it and release first. my bowels. They did. I remember in Pittsburgh, remember we got the terrible towels and I remember, I think at one point I rubbed it between my crotch. Uh, we also did something in, was it? It was in Baltimore with Adam Jones, who played for the yeah, Orioles. Yeah, right. And we just were able to just, just, just I forgot what we said. But just being able to what? denigrate local sports teams and heroes. <laughs> yeah. I really miss that so much, man. I know. It's so, it, man, it's fun. Because it's like, we're talking about real stuff. You know, we're over here in this like, WWE wrestling world. And then people who are professional athletes who have lost, like, pretty big game so you know you've been as as a kid these are the games that you look forward to that you imagine yourself being in and we're just openly laughing at the fact you know like (laughs) you lost in the biggest game of your life (laughs) we go back home and we're us but that's a real you know what i mean in front of everybody in the arena and all the people at home i love that we lose that mania Okay. Yes. We're supposed to lose that mania. That's what we lose the World Series. That's gonna hurt. That's gonna hurt. Yeah. So with with all the ridiculous stuff that we were doing, like you said, people were cheering us, and so it was that thing where they were booing us so much at one point that we went and we begged essentially to turn heel, Mm -hmm. but we were fighting turning babyface so much we didn't want it, and then they they told us that we we had to do it because it was it was too too much of a stark difference when we'd be in matches with people. We actually turned babyface with Edge and Christian. Yes. And a promo seg on a pay per view. It's very weird to just do a promo seg on a pay per view. Is that when we were in the ramp and they were dancing with us? Oh, and they were throwing out the money. Yeah. Yeah. You we were twerking, they were throwing money Edge on you. Had money. He was yeah, making it was, rain on you. But yeah. regardless, we turned we turned babyface with them, uh, which was a which was a good deal for us. Very cool. I guess it was good. I just didn't <laughs> want to do it. I know. I didn't want to turn it was Still great. Know. But I get too, if you're a babyface and you're working us and we're getting cheered oh, and man. we're shaking our asses and doing a lot of the obnoxious things that we were doing, I, I would be annoyed with those. It's two what others. I imagine, and I'm not saying, dirt cheats listening to this, don't try to put words in our mouth. I would imagine that attitude era wise, if you were wrestling against like The Rock as a heel, you'd just be like, what am I supposed to do? As a baby face. Right. <laughs> what am I supposed to do? I'm not saying we're The Rock. Okay, so everybody <laughs> relax. Clear. clear, dirt sheet guys. But okay, so in that in that babyface turn, we're now leading into going into WrestleMania that year. What WrestleMania thirty two, I believe. Yeah, mm. and so this was a very confusing time because um, I think people that aren't in wrestling sometimes believe like, oh, the performers know what's going on. They know if it's going to be a four on three or three on three, or if it's going to be for the titles or if it's not. They know how much time they're going to have, like weeks in advance. No. No, we know we normally don't know anything at all. <laughs> You'd be surprised. So we're just as much in the dark as you guys up till about what four or five hours before we go out there. 
And so there wasn't really a, a, a strong build for this match, which was which was disheartening for us at the time because it's, it's a WrestleMania match. Right. This will be the first time that we're all in a WrestleMania match together. Do you know what the build was? The build was we worked a bunch of singles matches. <laughs> Kofi worked a singles match. Oh, oh yeah. And I don't remember the order, but somehow, so there's four members of League of Nations. Some, somehow, we were all healthy at the time. We could all wrestle. Somehow, Kofi worked three singles matches. I worked one, and he worked none. How did that get split up evenly? Not even remotely. I just remember we'd come to work every day, and I'd just see the street like, Oh my God! I said again? <laughs> Wait, what? Unreal. And when we're explaining this, you have to remember. So we, uh, up to that point, we'd been a team for however many years, and at least a year and a half. Least, yeah. And so even house shows, television events, like we very, very, very rarely would work singles matches. So live events. If it's a straight-up tag, two of us will be in the match. One person will be on the floor, and we'll rotate who's on the floor. Same thing we would do on TV. And so for this to come about and where Kofi had three singles matches, it it just, you're not in the mindset. Yeah. Unless you're doing it regularly, you know? Well, I think at like the, the so at the second time, I was like, oh my God, I can't, oh, I guess someone's got to go twice, you know? <laughs> and then we're just like, oh yeah, watch me have the third one next week too. <laughs> and then it happened and we were like, no, wait, hold on a minute, man. What is going on? We got a rotation. It was very strange. So that was our real hot build to our yeah. big WrestleMania yes. match. Right. And we, we attempted to put a little more stank on it by making these ridiculous parody videos right. where we would like dress up dress like dress them. Yeah. The office them. actually asked us to do the videos. They did. They did. Oh, right. It wasn't even right. our idea. Right, they right, asked right. us to do some videos. Hey, make some videos making fun of Generate League of Nations. And so I, I don't know how y'all felt at the time. I was like, this seems stupid, but... I guess we'll make the best of it. So we, I think we just kind of sat around and we kind of did it app theater style yeah. and just made these little real, real dumb vignettes. We did an Emo Rusev one with a turtleneck. I think I wore a turtleneck and had oh, crutches. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. He had the crutches too. Yeah. yeah. Cause that was actually during the time period that he threw the fish at Lana. Right. Cause he had the yeah. crutches I in the ring. I love that. So that yeah. Yeah. I was actually just telling him about, yeah. cause I saw this, is, I'm really backtracking, but I saw Summer Rae at a gym in Sydney in Australia at some point. It's uh, a few months ago. And it was just random. And I was talking to Rusev about my favorite Summer Ray program was when he did stuff with her and Lana and he threw the fish up the ramp and almost <sighs> almost got her. It was Lana he threw it at, right? Yeah. What a throw. He almost hit his wife with, with a what raw a fish. Mm. They've been having marriage issues on the show mm-hmm. for like as long as they've been on the roster. Yep. But they it, just stick together. Yeah. You know? yeah. It's just a testament of strength and relationship. So coming off those the videos that we made uh, making fun of League of Nations, we get to WrestleMania 32. And this is the one where we come out of the Bootios box. Yes. That was cool. A 24 was being done on us. Yes. They're constantly getting footage. We're doing stuff at TV. We're doing stuff at, at PR events, just kind of cataloging this couple of months leading up to Mania. Um, the original idea that we actually had for the entrance was kind of insane, too. Yeah. So uh, we haven't done this, and hopefully we'll get to at some point, is we wanted to get a big van uh, and have it look like a unicorn, but the back doors are taken off and they've been replaced with huge butt cheeks uh, that are on springs. So when the, when, the, when the van is moving, the butt cheeks are shaking. And then once it gets onto the end of the ramp, hey, it fits in. Essentially, the cheeks open up hey. and then we come out of the van on tricycles with all our unicorn stuff unicorn on, horns. just having a great time. And so we explain this to, to Triple H to Paul, he who shall be named. Yeah, we'll name him. And he says, I mean, that's great. And we can look into it if you want to. Or you guys can come out of a big box of bootios like the toys. And we were like, <gasps> yes, sir, please. We would like to do that. Right. Yes, please. We would like to do that, sir. Um, so that, to me, 
well, at least for us, that's that's our greatest entrance ever. So good, so absurd. Coming out, we got the Saiyan armor on because I'm spiteful and I wanted to be like Vegeta. Mm. He loves Dragon Ball Z, so he was totally down. What? Why are you shaking your head? You're burying me right now. How? You're burying me. How? (laughs) (laughs) Because. Because what? The way you're saying it. Just move on. Just move past. I was. Look, I'm sure I'd love Dragon Ball Z. I just haven't really seen it. Let's move on. Nobody would have even known that if you didn't. No. You You keep doing it. He's putting your love out there. Trying to give you a rub. No, no, no. You're saying it real sarcastic. He loves Dragon Ball Z. No, I say, look, look, listen, listen. He loves Dragon Ball Z. He loves Death Note. Some the same, right? Oh, I might have said them the same. No, no, because one is factual, and we all know the other is a lie. We do now. No. Anyway, anyway, so we come out wearing that stuff. We had this match with League of Nations. That match ends. Uh, And then Mick Foley, Shawn Michaels, Mm. and Stone Cold Steve Austin come out, and we get to dancing. Everyone always asks, like, oh, what would your ideal match be uh, if you ever were to have a fantasy match? And it always used to be... I'd wrestle Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania. And, you know, we didn't get to wrestle, but I was in the middle of the ring in front of thousands and thousands of people twerking with Shawn Michaels. Yeah. So to me, that counts. And, uh, I mean, it's, I, I can't even believe I'm still even saying that. It definitely right? does. Think about it. How many, m- multiple people can say they've had a match with Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania. One person can say that they There's twerked with one. him at WrestleMania. That's me. You understand? Congrats. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. How I was your experience, that. Ian? It was my least favorite WrestleMania. And uh, when we did the 24 afterwards, they interviewed us. And I, didn't, I, I, I felt, couldn't. yeah, you decided. Because for, well, for me, it was like more of a special thing. Like you guys had been at Mania and wrestled at Mania before. Like True. this was the first time like, I was in a battle royal, the, not the year before, but the year before that. I was in the battle royal, which is like, okay, cool. You get to be out there. But I, this was my first time being in an advertised match at WrestleMania. And it just completely fell apart. At no fault of our own. So I was like yeah. on another level mad because it shouldn't have been like that. There shouldn't have been it's arguments. Crazy. There shouldn't have almost been a fight. So I'm on like another level of heated. Did they air what we said on? I have no idea. I feel like they didn't air the uh, the grievance that we had with the match. And I feel like in a lot of ways, that dynamic, were it was like the two polar opposites, right? Because we are three guys who are always totally for the group. The better that one of us is, the better that all of us is. And them was more the mentality of... I don't want to be here. I'm in this for myself. How can I, you know what I mean? Like, and to, to each their own, because that works for a lot of people, yep. you know, like yep. being selfish in the business. You hear people say it all the time. Like you got to be selfish. You got to step on toes. And like, that's kind of the mentality that they had versus what we had, you know, but also but, too. And I know I'm, I'm cutting you off. I'm yeah, sorry, no, no. but for, for us, like we, we wanted to be a tag team. We want to be advertised as a tag right. team. We want to be sold as a tag team. For them, like they weren't tag team guys. So I completely understand yeah, yeah, that yeah. thought process. It's not something that's going to flip. Like if they came up to me today and they're like, hey, when you come back, you're a singles guy. I'd be like, ah, that's not, I mean, I can. It's not my preferred lane. Right. I like being in a tag sure. team. And yeah, so but to, you'd to make say it the work. other way. I, I, I definitely would. Like, if, if this was like, you have to do this, you would be like, ah, that's not what I want to do, but I'll make it work. So okay, fair. I'll give you more credit than that. Fair. I'm just trying to. Right. You're trying. <laughs> trying to, I, I try to see from everyone's perspective. Sure. So like, I get sure. it. I wouldn't do it myself, but I understand like where that emotion comes from. Right. But to get past that, we get to the the, the Stone Cold, Mick Foley, uh, Shawn Michaels. I end up getting stunned because I try to take the dancing a little too far. <laughs> uh, but then it's like it's like a it's like a party foul thing. So. It's all it's all good. They drink some Steve Weiser's WrestleMania happens. It goes on. Some Steve Weiser's. Um, that moment was really cool. 
just being in the ring with the legends and getting to have like that entertaining moment um, to kind of try to wash the taste out of the <laughs> of the match that we had. Yeah. But yeah, I'm with you that, that that night it just felt off, and I'm glad that we were able to get past it and go into our eventual uh, super long term tag title reign, which uh, <laughs> along the way, we got into some stuff with Gallows and Anderson, where they took your testicles. Took your balls, dog. What what a ridiculous <laughs> thing. <laughs> what? But, 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 I know you feel about this, but this is what I want to talk about next time. <gasps> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for giving this a listen. Make sure you're keeping up with us on all the social medias. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Xavier Woods PhD. You can check out my YouTube channel at Up Up Down Down on Twitter and Instagram. And you can also check me out on twitch.tv slash Austin Creed. Mm, you can find me at True Kofi on Twitter and at the True Kofi on Instagram. And you can find me at WWE Biggie on Pinterest and Tumblr. <laughs> <laughs> that's where he puts all his good fan fiction uh, and when you're reaching out to us talking about the podcast all that good stuff make sure to use hashtag new day pod and if they want to continue to listen or show some support where can they do that well if you choose your preferred streaming service hit subscribe give us a five star review on apple podcast to help get the word out and if you have an android you can follow the new day feel the power on Spotify, on Stitcher, on Pandora, Google Podcasts, everywhere, so that you never, ever, ever miss an episode. Thank you for listening, and we'll catch you next time. This has been an original WWE podcast.